Welcome to First 15, where we listen to God and respond to His Word in a personal way. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. We're all followers here. We're learning to listen to God's Word. We meditate on it, and then we respond to Him. I invite you, if you're new here, to subscribe to our podcast. You can listen to it on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. You can also watch it on YouTube as well. Aftermath, fallout, cleanup. These are all words that we use to describe what comes after a life-changing, a world-changing event. And that's where we are on the journey with Jesus. Jesus was condemned. He's died. Jerusalem is quiet on the Sabbath as everyone rests from their work. We also need a breather to catch our breath and to think about the things that have happened. The intent of our podcast is to help us take the truths that we learn in these first 15 minutes and apply them to the rest of our lives. We have a four-step process that we follow. You can get details at wordofprayer.com. First, there was darkness. Then the earth shook and rocks broke apart. The veil in the temple was torn in two. A Roman centurion, after seeing Jesus breathe his last, exclaimed, Surely this was the Son of God. Now it's time to clean up this mess and take a rest. Let's listen to Matthew chapter 27, verses 55 to 66. Many women were there, watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priest and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he's been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go, make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the tomb and posting the guard. Focus now shifts to the rock tomb where Jesus' body was laid. Many women watched from a distance, and three are named specifically. Two Marys and the mother of James and John, Jesus' followers. She's called Zebedee's wife. Joseph of Arimathea is there also asking Pilate for Jesus' body. He prepares it for burial and puts it in his own tomb that's cut out of the rock. 
So we heard all of that just now in the reading. They put a large stone in front of the tomb. We're talking about, you know, five, six foot diameter stone, really large, that was rolled in front of this uh, rock tomb. The chief priest and the Pharisees go to Pilate the next day and ask for the tomb to be made secure so that the body's going to stay there and no fraud will be committed. Even after Jesus is gone, they call him a deceiver. So they're still cursing. They're still putting Jesus down. And they pretend to be acting in the public's interest. Pilate gives a detachment of soldiers to stand guard, and the Jewish leaders put a seal on the tomb. So even with Jesus dead, it seems like the stakes remain high. Jesus' disciples and his opponents both have their concerns. The disciples wish to honor Jesus, take care of the body and bury it properly. The chief priests and the Pharisees, on the other hand, want to kill the hope that Jesus had aroused in the people, not just kill his body. They saw Jesus as a very real threat, as a challenge that they needed to combat. He, in fact, had promised while he was teaching, after three days, I will rise again. Back in Matthew 16 and 17, he had said it a couple of times with his disciples. After the crucifixion, burial preparations are done quickly. The body's washed and tended. It was probably quite gory, covered in blood, sweat, dirt, wounds all over. There was plenty of work to do to clean it before burial. This is waiting time. This is cleanup. This is aftermath. Dashed hopes and dreams really can't be pondered or meditated on. They have to be pushed to the side, and hands are kept busy trying to get the body prepared and ready for burial. No one mentions or even seems to allow for something miraculous happening, especially among the disciples. Now would be a good time for a miracle. Let's pray about this. God, you came from heaven down to earth. You walked among us and you allowed yourself to be put up on the cross. And from the cross, you've been put in the grave. Lord, it's an incredible journey I cannot imagine. I could not have hoped or asked for you to do something so extreme, so incredible, literally impossible to believe that you would go to these lengths for us. I wait for you to be glorified, raised up in victory, defeating death, triumphant. Until that day, up to that moment, I pray and watch and ask for strength. Let life triumph over death. Let your truth prevail. Let light shine in the darkness. Amen. The Jewish rulers didn't want to take any chances. If Jesus' body disappeared or rumors spread that he was still alive, well, they would have bigger problems to deal with. So they went to extraordinary lengths to have the tomb sealed and guarded by troops. Anyone breaking the seal would be guilty of a serious crime. And the soldiers keeping watch were a practical deterrent 
to zealous disciples who might want to stage a miraculous comeback for their teacher. That's what the Jewish leaders uh, believed and what they were operating from. Matthew includes these details for us to see both the depth of concern that the Jewish rulers had and also the unlikeliness of conspiracy, or at least a successful uh, staging of a fake you know, comeback through foul play or some sort of hoax to explain what happened to Jesus' body after burial. All of this doesn't feel very finished or settled at this point. The Jewish leaders, in fact, seem unsettled, very uneasy. In the current world situation that we're in, mid-April 2020, we're not very settled either. We know something profound has shifted in our world, but where things will go from here is not very clear. The gospel story, though, anchors us in bigger realities. Until the shape of what the future will be, until that emerges, just like the women and Joseph, we need to go about our small daily tasks and trust in God that he is at work in all of this. He's doing something and we just can't see it yet until it takes shape. Stay on task. Do what you've been given to do. Pray and don't give up hope. Today's episode is brought to you by book four of Journey with Jesus, praying your way through Matthew's gospel. Get it on Amazon or we have a link to it in the show notes. Pray about what God is doing in the world now and what he wants to do in you. Blessings.